the volume. Oral Sessions is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Oral Sessions. More shows, more content, more guests. We're doing it all here on Oral Sessions as a part of the Volume Podcast Network. And I am joined today by a man who uh, just has star kind of written all over him. He's got a very interesting story. We get into all sorts of different topics with this man. Joining me today is Will Hobbs. You know, the first time I saw this man was in a battle royal uh, at an AEW show. He popped out and I was like, who is this beefy man? And he he moves so well in the ring. I think he just brings so much to the table. Um, but it, it, beyond that, even is like him as a human being talking to him. We get into a lot of fascinating stuff here with him, um, just about who he is. This man wakes up at like five o'clock every day to like train. He takes care of his kids. He is like in full dad mode to then like working on like wrestler mode. Um, and, you know, talk about the, the tragic accident that that happened with his brother, with his brother being shot and killed and him being there and witnessing that and how that's affected him moving forward. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in here that can be uh, pretty heavy, but also I think on the other side of things, looking at how inspirational somebody like Will Hobbs can be. I mean, this dude works so hard for every little thing that he has. And you can't help but just applaud somebody that just grinds away the way that this dude does. So I think you guys are going to really be able to to take a little something away from this conversation that I had with Will Hobbs. Um, so without further ado, let's get into it. Here he is, the one, the only, Will Hobbs. I've been waiting for this. I feel like we talked about doing this forever ago and i mean you know i mean you know things get busy and you've got schedules and all this stuff so as soon as i had that opening i was like all right now is the time gotta get will hobbs on um just as we hopped on and we're starting we were both bitching that we were having bad mornings what's going on in your house what's happening oh my gosh so i, I have three kids i have a 15 year old a three-year-old an 11 month old so my 15 year old hasn't got the concept of setting his alarm. So he's depending on me to wake him up. Mm. He started, he started school at eight Oh five, getting it up to about seven 30 something. So I just went in the room, just snatched all the cover <laughs> off. My three-year-old woke up at, I'm going to say I got up at five to get ready to sneak out to go to the gym. Do you get up at five every day? There's no sleep when you got kids. You're about to find out. Oh my God. So he woke up this morning. His name, his name is Royce. We call him Bam Bam. So he woke up this morning wanting gum, wanting to make gummy bear juice. I, I watched this old Disney uh, cartoon, Gummy Bears. I remember that. He wants to do that. And then my baby girl just woke up fussing. So, okay, you get up at 5 a.m. Did you did you start doing that only when you had kids or you've done this forever? Where does this like rise and shine, get after it. Like, I feel like that's like the rock mentality. My grandfather woke us up early. Like we had chores to do before, before school started. Getting up early is, is easy. 
Oh my God. I feel like there's something special about, I mean, you were raised by your grandparents, right? Yeah. That's like some real old school mentality at that point. When you're skipping a generation and being raised by your grandparents, what other kind of things did they kind of instill in you? What was it like being raised by them? So my, my grandparents were from uh, from Mississippi and they moved out to California, I think like 1961, 62, something like that. Man, they just had us do old school stuff. Like just get up before the sun came up, do our chores. That's like being on a farm. Like I feel like that's like being on a farm mentality of like my grandma. My grandma was raised on a farm. Okay, she was used to getting up early, raising siblings. So it wasn't bad. I mean, I mean, if I sure I made my son do it now, he would complain. About it. <laughs> Had no idea what you had to go through. No, I mean, there, there were times that I got in trouble and I thought I got away with stuff. And my grandpa had these cinder blocks in the corner of the backyard. I would have to move it from one end to the other end. Just because? Just for being hardheaded. <laughs> A little punishment, but... Um, are your grandparents still alive? No, they're not. They... they passed away in 07, 09, so... But they've been able to see you wrestle prior, I would assume, right? No, no. They never got to see you wrestle. Never. I got made fun of for liking wrestling because where I grew up, you only like football, basketball, and baseball. You know, it's either you're going to play some sports or you were going to be hanging out on the corners in the streets. My grandma wasn't having that. So it was sports, but my grandparents loved wrestling. So I always watched it and went to shows with them. So who were like their favorites? What got them hooked into wrestling? Ray Stevens was. Their number one guy, um, The Rock's grandfather, High Chief Peter Maivia, his father, Rocky Johnson. They like Roy Shires, Pepper Gomez. So a lot of the Bay Area wrestlers they like. Oh, that's awesome. What's like your first memory of watching wrestling with them or just like getting hooked by it to begin with that, like gave you the bug of like, I'm going to pursue this. The first match, I remember the four horsemen jumping Lex Luger. Like, I remember them watching that VHS. And then, like, my first show that I went to was at the Cow Palace. I remember it was, it was Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon. So that they were going at it. <laughs> Every time they came, we, we were there. Oh, that's the, that's the best. It's so fun, when, like, thinking back to those, like, first early memories of, like, watching wrestling. Like, I always think of, like... Which obviously, you know, the the like before the show starts of like, don't try this at home. These are professionals. But like being with some of like my guy friends, everyone's just like tombstoning each other on like the front lawn. And like, we didn't know the difference. Thank God we all survived that. I, my, my sister used to like religiously put me in the sharpshooter and, you know, we didn't have tables we could break at home. So we would set up the ironing board and she would pick me up and slam me on it and. I feel like your grandmother must have had no time for that. Did she get pissed when you would do that stuff? She did. But, you know, my, my grandmother, she would take naps and we would misbehave when she would take a nap. So she rarely she would catch us. You had a window. You knew your window to cause a little havoc. Yeah. <laughs> so you've had a really interesting story um, getting to where you're at now. I mean, being in wrestling for a decade, getting to this point in AEW, I mean, kind of starting at the beginning uh, you know, training out in the Bay Area, like you said, you used to train, you trained with Booker T for a little bit too, right? In Ezekiel Jackson? So I did a few shows for ROW and I did some shows down in LA with Ishii uh, and Gangrel. What was that grind like for you of like just trying to get booked on shows and trying to be seen and trying to get in the right place at the right time? Because 
I mean, I can imagine and know for myself what that struggle can be like in general, but like, what was that like for you? It was hard. I mean, just, I, I would do my day job and then it would go to training and it was just hard. Just, you know, driving five, six hours, maybe getting paid 20 bucks, maybe not getting paid, going to help out, set up rings and not knowing if you're going to get on. And I, I probably got more no's than yes. My grandfather always told me if it's something you love, just stick with it. And obviously it, it paid off, even though some amount of years later it, it paid off because I've had so many people tell me to stop doing it. And, you know, your your day job is good. You're making good money where you're at. But what was your day job? So I was working at Facebook and Instagram. Oh, what were you doing there? I was running four buildings out there. So I, my, my day would actually start like at between four and five a.m. Just making sure these buildings were running properly. What do you mean? Like making sure the buildings are running properly. What does that like entail? So you have like a marketing department in one building, like maybe like on the first floor. And then you have uh, engineering like on the third floor. So it's kind of whatever tickets they put in or whatever they need. I would have to make sure my crew set it up. Having a job like that, grinding away at wrestling. You've just listed off having three kids, one of them being 15. He's bigger than me. <laughs> really? He's three, size 16 shoe, still has a baby voice. And the doctor's like, yeah, he's probably going to be anywhere from 6'10 to 7'1. He's just what off the charts. And my younger son is off the charts too for a three-year-old. You got to bring him in to be your... Imagine you having a heater. That would be amazing. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Does he have any interest in wrestling Does, or like any other sports that kind of talk to him? Right now, he's trying out for a varsity basketball. So he got pulled aside by the varsity coach. He's like, hey, you need to come here Monday. So he's excited about that. He likes to surf. He's a water baby. My younger son, he wants to do everything. He, he wanted to wrestle like at seven this morning. <laughs> I think that's going to be my wrestler right there. How was that having um, having a 15 year old well, that you have now, which you would have been much younger while you're going through all this journey and you being young yourself and to stick that course? Because I could imagine that's got to be pretty difficult when like life is staring you in the face and you've got jobs, you've got bills, you've got a baby, but you are still able to make time for everything. How the hell did you pull that off? I had great help. Family. Family is the number one thing. Great support. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Them, none of this would be possible. Their mom is a trooper. He's a foundation. So keeps it all together. That like tight family, like that just makes such a difference to be able to like back each other up, support each other. And now here we are with like the payoff. And before we, we get to that payoff, but, you know, start off, you know, talking about you working with, with Booker T, but you had trained with Ezekiel Jackson. And then was it through there that Cody Rhodes got eyes on you? So I actually started off training at APW, which is all pro wrestling in here in the Bay area. And Cody did a show at the cow palace. And so that's where I first met Cody. And then I ran into Cody again at a couple more Bay area shows. And he got pretty tight with the, um, the owner and promoter of the company out of nowhere. I get a, a text from QT Marshall. And I, I, I like, I looked at my phone like this, read it, let it sit for two hours because I thought somebody like messing with me. Like is like I just got laid off from work and I thought somebody was messing with me. And I responded back and that was it. It's so crazy how things like that happen and like not to be like all hippy dippy about it, but like I'm such a firm believer that like 
when shit happens, like for you to be laid off and feel like, oh my God, I might not be working, panic setting in. And then to have a text like that come through, like that is like that divine intervention shit. I got laid off in March and I didn't go to APW until July. And my daughter was born in May. So it's just like, man, well, what am I going to do? But I got to do whatever to put food on the table and fast food chains wouldn't even hire me. Like he wouldn't even call me back. So I was <laughs> like, I was, I had some money saved up. So which, which helped out, but you know, eventually you keep using your savings is going to run out. And that's what I don't want to happen. Of course. And like that feeling of having your back against the wall and what's going to happen. That's, I mean, I, I just feel like the universe works in ways like that, that like, obviously you're somebody that is like putting in time and you are doing all of the work to set yourself up for success that I feel like things meet you on the other side when shit hits a fan like that. And for you to get that text from QT Marshall at that time, like, yeah. And, and I know Marcus Mack, he planted the seed to Cody. So yeah, that's where it all blossomed. Oral Sessions is proud to be presented by FanDuel. You guys never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Uh, Why do I play FanDuel? I play FanDuel because I'm new to the fantasy game. I kind of need somebody to hold my hand through the whole process. And the thing with the FanDuel Fantasy app is that it's so incredibly easy to use. Even a dum-dum like me can make it work. And if you happen to be a fence sitter like yours truly, you guys can pick a new team every single game. You can switch it up. You can change your mind. It's all up to you. Ball is in your court. So FanDuel is offering new users a deposit match of up to 500 smackaroos when you make your first deposit. Just go to FanDuel.com slash cowherd for more info. FanDuel.com slash cowherd. FanDuel, more ways to win. Before you got to AEW, you did a stint of some tryouts at WWE? Yeah, I, I did a couple tryouts at the, the PC. Probably my best tryout was with Big Swole and Eddie Kingston. We were all together for this tryout. And just something between us, like we, we like cheered each other on and helped each other out. But obviously from that tryout, I did nothing happened from it. And then I did a few uh, extra work for WWE when they came out to the Bay Area. And, you know, I did a match against Baron Corbin, which went really well, but nothing happened. Was that a televised match or that was like before the show starts? No, it was was right before. It was a last minute thing. Like I was walking from catering and uh, one of the agents approached me. I was like, hey, I need you to go put on your gear. I go put on my gear and Gorilla talking to Corbin. We probably maybe had like six, seven minutes to put it together. And just boom. When you were at the performance center doing your tryout, I was reading something about the, obviously they put you through the gauntlet of getting in the ring and all the different training and going through the gym sessions and all that. But having promos being a big part of that, getting on the mic. I mean, you, it seemed like you had a pretty successful moment on the mic cutting a promo there, right? When I did my promo, I forget who yelled it out. Someone yelled out. Now that's a promo. I didn't want to give a, a wrestling promo about, you know, I'm going to see you next week and blah, 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 this and that. I'm coming for you. I just told a real life story. You know, I told the story about my brother and, you know, that was supposed to be my, my partner in this thing. And unfortunately things happened and he didn't make it. But from what I was told, when you give a promo, you give that real feeling and 
you know, you, you pull the people in. It's all about emotion. So that's what I did. Okay. So talking about your brother, I mean, this is a story I know that you've talked about it before. And obviously it's such a, it's a pivotal and important moment for you throughout your life. Um, but just talk to us a little bit about what happened uh, with the passing of your brother. How can I put this? So my brother did what he had to do to, to pay the bills. So my grandparents passed away, you know, we're in their house, mortgage has to be paid. And so he led a life of crime and did things he shouldn't have done. And one day I was coming home, rushing to get in the house and a black car comes slowly creeping and eventually takes off down the street and starts firing. I got pushed out the way. I got hit in the forearm and he got hit six times and, and passed away. I get choked up just talking about it. Like I, I get this feeling every time I talk about it. Like it's just just one of those things that you'll never get over, even though I, I try. And it's, just, it's something I think about daily. What was that moment like for you? I mean, to, to be there and were you the only person with him when this happened? Uh, there were other people outside, but as far as like my family, yeah, it was just me and him. So, I mean, if I didn't get shoved out the way, I probably would have got hit. And, I mean, you still did get hit. I mean, luckily not fatally. What was that like to be shot in the forearm and like caught in the line of fire and like gang warfare like that? I didn't even know I got shot. I was warm all over and I was hot, but just my adrenaline was going so much because I saw my brother laying there. Like I didn't even know until I looked down and I start panicking. What do you, I mean, I don't even know what to say to that. I couldn't imagine being in a situation like that and having to deal with something like that. And like you said, like 10 years ago, you're still young. I mean, what are you 20 at the time Yeah. when this happened? And like, it almost seems like a movie, but it's not, you know, where I'm from East Palo Alto, it's a two square mile city eighties, early nineties. It used to be the murder capital of the United States. It's changed a lot since, you know, like some big uh, internet companies have come in the area, help clean it up. But how does something like that not derail you? Um, how do you how did you stay focused and not let that completely consume you? It's just because I, I didn't want to be like one of my like a lot of my friends that grew up. So a lot of my friends got into gangs and drugs and there's a handful of them that are in prison. And there's a handful that are dead. I never liked to be a follower. I always like to do what I wanted to do, whether, you know, I got made fun of or if it was the complete opposite, what everyone else was doing. So I, I knew from a young age I wanted to wrestle and just watching wrestling with my sister, my grandparents, and my brother. That was the uh, thing that, you know, didn't derail me. Like I always wanted to do what I wanted to do. Was there ever a time that it seemed like maybe getting involved in some of that stuff might have been almost an easier way to go? Yeah. Fast money. Like who, who doesn't want money? It's just one of those things you're going to do what you want to do or follow everyone else. And I, and I didn't want to be like everyone else in my, in my neighborhood. I, I didn't see any point of hanging out in front of a liquor store all day. You know, I like what, what fun is that? <laughs> yeah. That gets old quick. That's only fun for about two minutes and then you're over it. So you guys watched wrestling together because he did he also kind of have aspirations of getting into wrestling? He wanted to be a valet or manager. Yeah. Yeah, he wanted to be a manager. He he he, he had a tongue on him. Like he could talk slick. My grandpa always said he could, you know, sell a polar bear toenails if he wanted to. <laughs> what was your brother's name? Tyrone. Okay. So he he would talk slick quick. There's plenty of times that I've seen him like 
buy me ice cream from the ice cream truck and just somehow he would buy one ice cream and I would leave with like four. Well, who would you guys kind of emulate? I feel like I'm sure when you guys were kids, you guys, did you guys ever like pretend you're like a tag team or work with him as like a manager in that capacity when you're just like messing around? It's funny. He would always talk like a pimp. Like he always said his guy was slick. So he would always talk like him. Like he dressed real nice all the time, always had gold on. So he was bringing someone from our environment, you know, that that's who we knew. So that's that realness that ultimately is the thing that ends up connecting, right? When you just kind of, you do the larger than life version of who you really are and what you really know. And that's, that's the foundation of a, an amazing character. How much pressure do you feel to succeed? Now that you're in the driver's seat, you're signed to AEW, you've put in all this work and looking at the past that you just spoke about and where you come from and you know what some of those statistics have looked like in the past, how much pressure do you feel to be successful now that you're in that spot? I feel a lot, but it's more, it's not like something for me to get nervous about. It's like, I'm more happy about it because there's times I go to East Palo Alto and, you know, cause I do have a few family members out there and I'll get recognized out there by some little kids. And, and that's the best thing. Like I've always said before, like, I want to put my city on my back. You know, I got, I got my city, I got my family. So the only thing to do is, is to succeed. Like failure isn't a, it's not an option. I feel like that's always like kind of the best way to go. I mean, some people crumble under that pressure and other people thrive under it. You're obviously a person that thrives in those situations. Bring it all on. Let's keep knocking down doors. Everything that I've been through it, like it can't be any worse than that. Like it, it can't. You've been through it. You've already been through it. It's only, you can only go up from here. So what was that moment like when you got signed by AEW? Was it Tony that called you and offered you the contract or was it QT Marshall? How did that go down? I got offered a per appearance, like a a tier zero. I wrestled Darby Allen on the uh, Saturday night dynamite that we had and I'm stretching, you know, and Tony goes, he goes, Hey Willie, you know, I know you're going to knock it out the park tonight. He's like, go kill it. And I'm like, you know, appreciate it. Thank you. I'm stretching, you know, I'm in the zone. He walks away from me. He takes a couple steps back and he goes like, Oh yeah, after night, I'm going to sign you. And, And this is before I go out. And I'm like, what? Talk about like <laughs> added a little pressure before I go no out. No kidding. Yeah, can we sign it now? Let's sign it right now. <laughs> I was like, man. So I did my match with uh, Darby and Tony had his hand in that match, like agenting that match. So, which was really cool that he put that trust in me and put me in that position. And then um, I think it's the night I met you, September 5th at uh, the pay per view. I was told that day I was going to be in it. It was a surprise and it was good from there. Then about a week later, I got offered a a contract. When I was like putting together this interview, that was something that I was thinking about was being at that pay-per-view. And I don't get to go out to the AW shows as much, especially now that I'm about to birth a child. Um, But I remember watching and I was sitting up in the top of the rafters. I was sitting with like Britt Baker and Rebel and I think Jack Swagger and his wife. Well, maybe Swagger wasn't there because was he in that battle royal? Um, anyways, he was he was. So he came up after that. But um I remember watching from there and I didn't know who you were at the time. And I was like, who's that guy? Like you stood out immensely. Did you feel that that was 
really kind of a pivotal moment for your career kind of taking off? Because I, I couldn't have been the only person that thought that exact same thing, obviously. It was crazy. I think the, the universe works in mysterious ways because that was the day my brother and I got shot the day he passed away. So no one knew that. Wow. That was the anniversary of that. Yeah, no one knew that until later when, you know, I was sitting in the back and I'm just taking everything in and and Dustin comes, uh, Dustin Rose comes, you know, what's wrong? And I just tell him just how happy I am. Like, I, I can't believe it. You know, I was in this battle royal. I was I think I was like one of the last six in there. You know, it is, it is crazy. Like the thing about where I was at the beginning of the year to where I am now is it was a crazy feeling. Like I haven't felt anything like that before. And I think that was the first time that AEW had fans there. So it was, it was awesome. I mean, I got, I got an elimination that night and I'm going toe to toe with Lance Archer, you know, before he hits me with that pounce. That was a great moment. It's like we're looking at each other, well, almost like he's taller than me. So we're looking at each other like this. So it's an awesome feeling. Do you believe in, in like, I don't know how to say this without sounding like a, a wacko, or maybe you do believe in it, but do you believe in like having like a guardian angel kind of looking out for you and like having that like extra little bit of magic around you? I do because I've, I've done some stuff like my car spent out of control one time and I hit a telephone pole. I got out of that. No scratches, no scrapes. Like I always believe someone's looking out for me. Uh, my grandma would always tell us that. You know, there's someone always looking out for you. Yeah. I mean, I, I always think back to um to when my grandmother was sick and we knew she only had, you know, a few days kind of left. And I was doing a pay-per-view and I was doing a pay-per-view panel and uh, my, no one messaged me before the show just to like not throw me off so I wouldn't be like sobbing on air. But my mom didn't call me until after and... John and I were driving onto the next town. And right as my mom called and told me this Spanish salt called Vaya con Dios came on. And I hear that song all the time now, which is crazy. Like I had not seen my cousin in a little while and from the same uh, maternal grandmother. And as soon as I turned on her street, this like random Spanish song starts playing again. I was like, man, that's got to be like my nanny giving me like some kind of a little sign. Well, it's really cool just to hear like that full circle Having that moment in that battle world, you getting signed, having Tony recognize, having kind of the world lay eyes on you and be like, yo, who is this guy? He's going to do some damage here in AEW. And now looking at where you are, how is it for you working with guys like Taz and working with Christian? How was it working with Christian? Let's get into that before. I mean, no offense, Taz. I love Taz, but let's talk about Christian real quick. So I told Christian a story about when my grandmother made me go get a switch. Now, you know what a switch is? Mm -mm. So it's where you go and pull a tree branch off, take all the limbs and everything off, and you get a little spanking with it. So oh, I had about $300 saved up for my birthday. You remember the glasses Christian used to wear that went over his head? Yeah. So those were like 200 and something dollars. And I had $300. So I bought those in a beanie <laughs> and came back home. My grandma was like, where's your stuff? And I'm just like looking. My brother looks at me and walks out the room. My grandpa comes in the room and he knows I'm going to get in trouble. So he goes out the front door. And so I had these 
$300 glasses on. I'm like, look what I bought. I start hitting a seven second pose <laughs> and there was no like return or exchange. The, they were yours. The, the beating was working. <laughs> um, but I told him that story. He had a kick out of it. And just from, you know, a uh, few wrestlers that I know that have worked with him, you know, everyone that's told me that he's amazing. And the fact that I'm actually in the ring with him, looking eye to eye with him. I would have never thought this would have happened. He's so amazing at what he does. And like for him to be at AEW and on this new version of his career, when you think he's not cleared to wrestle, he's not wrestled in seven years. And now to have him be, you can't tell at all. It's nuts. I mean, even when we saw him in the Royal Rumble, I was like, damn, he's like shredded. He's not taken a bump in seven years. So he feels amazing. And now to have him be working with guys like you and working, you know, with the roster at AEW, I I just feel like he's going to be very instrumental in really helping to like shape some people. And he's such a, a ring general. Do you feel that being in the ring with him? Like what kind of stuff do you learn while being in the ring with someone like him? What, what I've learned from him is just be smooth. Take your time. From what I've always watched him, he always brought the best out of people. He even said it himself. No pressure, but I know and I feel that he's he's going to bring that out of me. And it's like I, I literally sat down yesterday and just like, man, I'm doing what I always wanted to do. And I'm working Christian. This is this is crazy. Like, I remember playing you on the video game. And it's just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And working with Taz. What's it like being a part of Team Taz? How did that all kind of come together for you guys behind the scenes? Taz is great. Taz is, I've always watched Taz when he was in ECW and he always reminded me of a few people I knew on the block, just how his attitude and persona is. And then that's really him. He'll let you know when you're doing something wrong, but he'll let you know when you're doing something right. So, which is also good. So I'm happy to be working with him. Who are some of your like other people? I mean, obviously we know with Team Taz, we see that on TV. Uh, who are some of the other people that you kind of hang out with and are like your pals, like behind the scenes? Well, my brothers, uh, Lee Johnson and the Captain Sean D. You, you always see us together. Like we get made fun of that. Oh, okay. We see one, we see the other. So those are my <laughs> buddies that I hang out with. Guys that help me out a lot. FTR, Arn, Cody, Tully, Dustin. Jim Ross, there hasn't been one person I've went up to that kind of like shunned me off a little bit. Like everyone is helpful. Even like when I saved Mox that night, when uh, Ricky and Cage were going at them, like before that Mox pulled me aside and was like, I got some good stuff planned for you. You know, it's cool to work with you. And I actually did some um, extra work with them in WWE before. Oh, wow. What did you do there? So do you remember when he would have his... You know, little entourage come out with the gas mask. Oh no, you got looped into that too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we were talking. Well, about shit. Hard, we were talking about how hard it is to breathe, and I'm just like, man. And it was cool that he remembered me. You know, he didn't remember my name. He was like, don't I know you from somewhere? And I told him, and it, and it clicks. So that was cool. <laughs> he does have a good memory. There's like his memory's actually shocking. And there's times that I think he's not being observant, and I'm like, oh, you actually have totally assessed the entire room. And everybody in it, he's like, he, he just clocks it all and internalizes it. Yeah, my, my he's good for that. Good people. The next time you're watching basketball, I've got the perfect way for you to get in on the action for free. I'm talking about NBA in play. 
It's absolutely free to play on the FanDuel app and features all the fun of live betting. NBA InPlay turns every quarter of every game into a free contest where you can win real cash prizes. So while you're watching the game, all you have to do is predict the outcome of plays and game props before they happen to claim your share of the prize pool. Best of all, a new contest starts every quarter of every game, giving you even more ways to win. FanDuel is the exclusive home for NBA InPlay, so the action's always available right at your fingertips on the FanDuel app. The app is so easy to use and it takes less than two minutes to sign up. And it doesn't matter where you live or where you're traveling to because NBA InPlay is available in every state. Don't miss your shot. Get in the game and download the FanDuel app to start playing NBA InPlay today. You're a sports fan. That's why you're listening, of course. But if you're considering getting in on the fun of sports gambling, I want to let you know about a great resource. The Action Network. The Action Network is where fans go when they are ready to bet smarter and turn a profit betting on sports. In fact, their free Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting. And with the Action app, you can see the latest picks and articles from Action Network gambling experts, as well as personalities like my guy, Colin Cowherd. You can compare odds from different sports books, and you can track every bet you make so you always know how your picks are doing. So if the game means more to you, Download the free Action Network app and start betting smarter. So what do you want to do? What, what do you, how do you see the career of Will Hobbs going here in AEW or beyond or whatever you see the rest of the future looking like for you? If you could write it, punch your own ticket. So what's something I did what, that I've done for the very, very first time was like made a little dream board. Ooh, okay. I plan on being a multiple time champion there. That's the goal. Like I plan on being around for a long time, you know, want to bring attention to, to my, my little two square mile city. You know, I want to help everyone out. And that, that's my thing. Whatever I can do, if I can get on a, or when I get on a greater platform is, you know, to help other people out. Yeah. I, I mean, just looking at that all being kind of laid out in front of you, you got all this, it's all there. I mean, you have all the tools and all the resources to make this all happen. And now it's just time can be on your side to make that all happen. And as the world is opening back up and hopefully you guys can do some shows. I mean, could you imagine being able to do an AEW show there? Like do something in like Northern California and like in the Bay Area? Like, yeah, <laughs> what else is on? What else did you put on this vision board? I'm curious of like what all happened here. I want to own a farm one day. Ooh, OK. No, I currently have five baby chicks. You have them now? Yeah. What is like? What, wait, OK, so. Where in California are you now? You're you're close to where you grew up. Yeah, I'm about maybe 20 minutes from where I grew up. So I'm near like I'm in between right now, San Francisco and Oakland. OK, and that's a place to just have some chickens running around. Yeah, well, they're they're not actually outside yet. So they're ba they're babies. Okay. So they can't go outside until they're about six weeks. So they're in the garage, in a box with a heat lamp with food and water. That's like kind of a dream of mine, too. I really would love to have like having fresh eggs in the house all the time. Come on. That's amazing. It tastes much better than store-bought. Of course. Do your, are your kids obsessed with them? My son, uh, Royce, is. Like, he wanted them. Right, we got them. He goes in every morning. He checks on them. He counts them. He tries to name them. Like, every, every day they have different names. <laughs> we haven't decided on specific names yet, so. Okay, so you've got chickens that are on your dream board, uh, having a farm. What else? 
I would like to be in a in a movie one day. You know, that that would be awesome. I want to just own my own island. Oh, okay. I like where we're headed. And it's just just be the best person I can be. Like that that's my main thing. You know, take one day at a time. Everything that I've seen, you know, nothing was guaranteed. I feel like you were one of the like first people almost when like when it was announced that John and I were having a baby and you were like on it. I mean, you've got three kids. You've been there. You've done that. What has like what has that whole journey been like for you? And I mean, just kind of going back to juggling between being a dad and wrestling and and being this role model for them. I mean, that's you're obviously a great person to be, you know, in the, the spotlight for your kids. It's rough at times, but it's so worth it and rewarding. Like there's times I get home, like I'll come straight from the airport and I'll come home enough time just to put my bags in the house. And then I got to go be dad. It, it's just rewarding. Everything they do, like I sit back and just observe from the time they're crawling and walking or even if they're like teething or watching them play sports, it, it's all worth it. It just reminds me of what I need to do and just this extra motivation for me and just the small, like the small things, like I'm always snapping pictures. Always. I'm all, my phone is always out. I'm always creeping to take pictures. (laughs) It's all worth it. Like just watching something you created and that you have to take care of and you have to be the best person you have to be is all that just equals motivation. What is like a typical day like for you? I mean, you're saying like even this morning when I was like, hey, we're going to hop on at 10 a.m. Both for our time are both on uh, West Coast. But you've already been up for five hours, so you're up and moving. You're doing things. What is a typical day like for you? So get up about five, get my stuff ready, go work out, come home, um, make breakfast because Bam Bam's already up sitting on the couch watching Bam, uh, Bam. Yeah, he's watching his shows and my older son, he's up getting ready. So let's make sure breakfast is all together, making lunch, making sure the diaper bags are packed, you know, making sure they have everything they need to go to school. And usually when I'm when I'm home, my daughter's here with me. So it's making sure she's fed. Okay, making sure the jogging stroller's ready so we can go on our little three mile walk and making sure sound boxes on so when she's ready to fall asleep or I have my uh, phone on loud enough where she can hear like some lullabies. My daughter loves Kenny G. I'll play that for her and she's out. I'll come home, put her in the room, eat my meals. You know, my meals are already pretty ready to go. You know, when she sleep, it's watching wrestling. And when she wakes up, it's playing, changing diapers, you know, whatever she wants to do. You seem very regimented. What do you do for fun? What are the things you do when you're like, oh my God, okay, I've got like a bit of time for myself or like, what are some of your vices? It seems like you are just like always going. Working out, um, hanging out with my best friend. Uh, So my best friend is my uncle. So we're about a year apart because my mom is the oldest of 13 kids. Oh my gosh. So we grew up in the, in the same house together. So that's, that, that's my little brother. Um, so we hang out. Um, the project I have right now is trying to build a chicken coop. <laughs> okay. Are you like YouTubing this or you like know how to do that? I'm YouTubing it. So I, I'm, it's not one that's like pre-made and you just assemble it. Like I'm trying to like put it together, measure everything and 
you know, and do that. Some real man work. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> uh, playing basketball, you know, just watch, watching TV, trying to catch up on my shows. I'm, I'm real simple. What are your shows? So I like watching some of my older shows. So I'm like rewatching the Wayne's Brothers, watching Sanford and Son. What are you watching? Like what wrestling? Do you watch everything? Do you stick to AEW? What do you watch? No, I, I watch everything. I'm watching some uh, All Japan. Who are some of the other people that you have eyes on right now or some people that you would love to work with? I want to work with everyone, anyone. Like I would love to have a match with uh, with Cody, Dustin, Jericho, um, Mox. I want to have a match with because I just know that he's scrappy and he, he, he's got some hood in him and we can... <laughs> He does have a little bit. We, we can just go at it, you know. How open are like your conversations um, with Tony when you when you guys are talking about your career and the things that you want to do? I mean, do you pitch a, a lot of these ideas to him or like how does that kind of go for you, the creative process? Tony is so cool. Like he, he knows my son is playing basketball and Tony is a basketball fanatic. Like he'll ask, you know, how's my son doing? We you know what well, what is he working on? You know, what's his field goal percentage like? Like I can text him and I'll get a response and, you know, it's just anything that I, I feel I can throw at him. No, he'll listen. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But there is that open door where I feel comfortable enough to to talk to him. What on like the creative side of things, like, are there other things that you want to see your character doing or that you want to develop into? Do you have stuff like that in your mind? Um, Since I'm already a monster. (laughs) We see your traps out. I see what you're working with. I got you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> so I just, I would love to, to just tell my story. Maybe that's how you end up getting uh, that movie deal. Maybe it's one of those things that just kind of translates into film. Yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, those. Well, time to keep adding to that vision board and we'll have to check back in a little bit later and see uh, see what else has been added to it, what else is on there and see how those little chickens are doing with those fresh eggs at home. I know. I'm, I'm waiting. That's the only reason why they're yeah. here. I want the egg. <laughs> time to put them to work. I'm not going to clean up after room. That's going to be a chore. Well, good. Them, like but... you said, your grandparents did that to you. Now you get to do it to your kids. God instill that work ethic. I'm like... Such a big proponent as, as I'm getting ready to have my baby. I think about stuff like that a lot of like, I want my kids to know hard work. I want them to know having chores and like, yeah, got to make them worth their salt a little bit, you know? Yeah, because I mean, there's so much technology now. Like there's times where I'll catch my son just like in the room for hours and I'm like, hey, no, nah, let's go out and let's go do something. I know that's really scary. John, and I were talking about that the other night that I'm like, oh my gosh, like, That's something I think about living in Las Vegas with it being as hot as it is here. And like, I'm not from the desert, neither is he. So I'm like, I don't know what kids do out here. And I'm like, that's a fear of mine. I'm like, oh my God, what if our kid just like is obsessed with being on their phone or like obsessed with like, they don't want to go outside and do anything like hell no, get outside, get dirty, fall down, you know, heaven forbid, break a bone, but it's got to happen to us all at some point. Right. I tell my son all the time, go knock on the neighbor's door and run. (laughs) Yes. Well, Will, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm glad we finally got to hang out and have you on oral sessions. Been a lot of fun. Um, I feel like, I mean, it goes without saying that obviously you're such an inspiration for everybody around you. And the more people get to hear your story and hear about the kind of guy you are and the, the cloth that you have been cut from can't help but root for you and want to see what other kind of things you're going to be doing with your future. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Well, have a good rest of your day. 
You've got a lot more to do still, I'm sure. So best of luck with everything and see you down the line. Thank you so much. You know those hot takes you post on social media? Well, now you can win up to $5,000 when you put those takes to the test on FanDuel. It's a new game called Over Under, and it's absolutely free to play on FanDuel. So here's how it works. FanDuel will set lines on things like total points or three-pointers made during every NBA on TNT broadcast. All you have to do is pick over or under for every prop. Your picks could win you a share of $5,000 during every contest. FanDuel is the exclusive home for over-under, and it's available in all 50 states. You can play from anywhere. All you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash over under and sign up now. If you've not done so already, please just do it. You're going to love it. Just create a new FanDuel account. If you don't already have one, it takes less than two minutes to sign up. Then you put your takes to the test during every NBA on TNT broadcast at FanDuel.com slash over under. They could be worth up to 5,000 bucks. Do it. Age and location restrictions apply. See FanDuel.com for terms and conditions. Big thank you to Will Hobbs for hanging out with me on this episode. Um, you know, never easy to talk about some of the things that he talked about and open up about the things that he opened up about. So I really appreciate him taking the time and kind of trusting me and trusting this show in order to uh, to help tell more of his story and more of who he is. I'm looking forward to seeing more of the stuff that he's going to be able to do in the future. I think he just has such a bright future ahead of him. He seems like one of those like no quit making it happen kind of guys. Um, you want to root for him. You absolutely want to root for him. He's, he's one of the good guys. So thank you, Will, for joining me on this episode. All right, guys, I will, uh, I'll talk to you next week as we have more guests, more shows, more things happening here in the world of oral sessions. Make sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Renee Paquette. Also follow at the volume sports, Instagram and Twitter, and check out our YouTube pages, like subscribe, turn on all those notifications. Cause we have all the video content that coincides with the shows. You guys don't want to miss any of that. So make sure you check all that stuff out. I'll see you on the flip side.